Welcome to Stemming in Stilettos with Dr. Tasha, a podcast for and about women of color in STEM. These women are brave, beautiful, and brilliant. Their stories deserve and need to be heard. Their voice strong, their message clear, their experiences priceless. Now let's welcome this wonderful winning woman of color to the show. Hello, and welcome to Stimming in Stilettos with Dr. Tasha. The main focus of the show is to highlight and showcase the stories of minority women in STEM. It is my belief that if we want to encourage minority girls to pursue STEM careers, they should first hear and learn from those who have lived those stories. It is my job to provide a safe environment for them to do so. So let's welcome this beautiful and vivacious woman in STEM to our show. Hi, everybody. It's Dr. Tasha here. So I have some great, great news and I need your help. So I have been nominated for the Global Awards 2020 Women Tech Network Speaker of the Year Award. Isn't that great news? It's great great news, but I need your help. So in order to win this award, I got, I need you guys to like my pages, right? I need you to like the, the post about the award and that's how you vote for me. So if anybody has heard my podcast, been in a session with me, um, knows how I speak and what it is I'm trying to do, um, please take a moment and just hit the like button. That's all we need you to do. And thank you in advance. And I will let you know if we are successful. Thanks. Hi, and welcome to Stimming in Stilettos with Dr. Tasha. So uh, again, thank you guys for listening um, as, as always. And I am back with another powerful episode and another powerful guest. So today our guest is Quincy Brown. Dr. Brown is awesome. And I, I, I am amazed that she said yes uh, on a, <laughs> I asked and um, she answered. So hi, Quincy, how are you? I am well, how are you? Uh, um, I'm stoked for this interview. <laughs> I am too, I am too. So as we start every show, please tell us your STEM story. Sure. My, I'll give you the, the medium length version of my STEM story. I grew up in the Bronx, New York. So I'm a native New Yorker. Uh, have always been, let's see, I, I won't say good at math and science, but I've been intrigued by math and science. So I attended a uh, gifted program. So back, this is, I'm dating myself, but this long time ago, they actually had, I guess, pullouts. And so we were in a cohort of, of students mm -hmm. instead of like, I think nowadays it's more of the pullout for a certain class or that kind of thing, but we did everything together. And my cohort stayed together. I think I started in first or second grade until it was time to go to high school. And we did all the science experiments, all the science fairs, you know, all of, all of those kinds of things as part of the gifted program. So I've always been part of um, the science 
and math space. Um, I don't know that I knew that's what it was then. I was just doing whatever my teachers told me to do. <laughs> um, and so, uh, and then I went to high school at the Bronx High School of Science, uh, which was one of those schools you had to test into. Um, so I tested into that, went there. Cannot say that I was a stellar student. I was like an average high school student, probably had too many other things that were non-academic <laughs> on my mind. Um, but that's where I went to high school and again just was immersed in this science and math space. I'm saying this again, not that I excelled in high school. Um, <laughs> right. I not too long ago found a diary of mine from when I was like 16 and I don't think I passed a class. It was a lot going on. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, you know, and I share that to say that, you know, so many people think that you have to be you know, a straight A student in middle school and a straight A student in high school in order to get somewhere. And uh, I'm living proof that that is absolutely not the truth. Um, my diary was filled with trying to get money from babysitting to go to the movies and do all sorts of things, not about how well school and awesome school was. So right. it's okay to be a kid when you're, <laughs> when you're a kid. Um, and from there, I went to the, uh, to the, fabulous North Carolina A&T State University. So I'm nice. an And I majored in electrical engineering. I don't think I really knew what that was, but in high school, I went to the, a program at the Coast Guard Academy. And so for a minute, I was going to attend the Coast, Coast Guard Academy. Um, I remember at the time, one of the things that intrigued me was that all of the incoming cadets, I think is what they're called, they received their own personal computer. So again, mm. this is a long time ago, and I was all in. I also uh, cannot swim and discovered that to graduate, you have to jump off a boat into water and save someone, mm. which was a non-starter for me. Right. You're like, yeah, no. Yeah, no, that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> uh, but there I did, it was probably an engineering program or something or other, and we learned about different types of engineering, and I fell in love with electrical engineering. So circuit boards, um, having the little breadboards, putting the wires in, making the light bulb turn on was yeah. just fascinating to me. Um, so that's where I would say for me, I really connected with the, the fascinating part of, of engineering and science. Um, and then went to A&T and majored in electrical engineering. Um, wanted to become a hardware engineer. Don't know why, um, I, I just, again, I love circuits, I love circuit design, I loved components, things that were very tangible, I think is probably why. Mm -hmm. I never actually became a, a hardware engineer. When I finished at a, from a and I went to work um, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, first for Texas Instruments, doing um, like circuit board testing and radar missile systems testing. So I was doing more on the software side, Mm -hmm. of um, hardware tests, right? So I was testing hardware, but not actually designing hardware. Got it. And um, did that for um, a while, worked in industry for almost 10 years as an engineer, and then um, went to graduate school and switched from engineering to computer science. Wow. And went to Drexel. So I moved from Dallas. I guess I was in Fort Worth at the time to Drexel University in Philadelphia to get a master's and PhD in computer science. I, yeah. Wow. 
I, yeah, by, by that time I had what I call my, my entourage. So I had two kids. Uh, my first quarter of grad school, we got a puppy. Don't advise people to get puppies <laughs> at the beginning while they're still in school. Um, I was married at the time. And so it was, you know, having to uh, go back to school, remember what it was like to mm. be a student, remember the math that I used to know. Mm -hmm. I knew enough to know I used to know it, but that was all I knew. Um, and, you know, doing hair on the weekends at night, making sure everybody's homework and flutes and all the things, right, um, is what I did for a few years to get my, my graduate degrees. And then um, moved to Maryland to do uh, a postdoc and then become a computer science professor. And did that for um, a few years long enough to get tenure and promotion, tried to figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up, because I still wasn't sure, and left the academy to go into the, into the government space. And so I worked at the National Science Foundation, at the White House Office of Science and Technology Policy for a, a, a little bit, and then moved into the nonprofit space where I am now. So I feel like I've been, that was a long medium version. Um, I've been all over the place <laughs> doing all sorts of things. Um, but it's been really interesting for me to think about and, and see how I could use my technical expertise, my engineering and computer science background in all sorts of ways. I, I, I can see that. I can see the progression and how um, engineering probably, you know, at the base is at the core of um, who you have become. And then you've, you've layered it with all of these other things that um, have made you, you, <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a really real sense. Um, that's an amazing story. I mean, it's an amazing story. Um, so I do have a couple of questions. Um, one is, um, so tell people what an, an electrical engineer does. And just so they, you know, so they can get a, be very clear on what this, what this individual does. Yeah. So I was just say, I mean, my goal in being, a, becoming an electrical engineer was to work on hardware. I, I never did, but we um, basically build, I don't know, that's a good question. What do electrical engineers do? All sorts of things, right? So you can go into, as like I said, hardware design. So mm -hmm. thinking about circuit boards, when you open up any piece of electronics, there's a a board in there that has components and someone has to figure out how they all fit together to get the board to function, right? All the components to work the way they should. So that's one piece of it. But uh, electrical engineers also do power. Mm -hmm. So again, thinking about all the places where you'll see electricity, or not see electricity, but where <laughs> there is electricity. So there are power systems, um, electrical engineers work there. Um, those are the two that come to mind, but electrical engineers, I'm like, we're everywhere. Right, right. I mean, because what doesn't need power these days? Yes, exactly now, right? So there's also doing like um, chip design, so like microprocessors, electrical mm -hmm. engineers are part of that, thinking about how you build those to be more efficient. Um, yeah, they're, they're, they're everywhere. Right, and we need them. So I'd like to, so I guess my next question is, so what, what made you... What what made you lean towards or go towards computer science? I um, when I was in industry, 
I started a master's degree in software engineering. Um, I don't know why that was a thing to do. There were a lot of people getting software engineering master's degrees. Um, and so I decided that's what I was going to do too. I, I love school. I love learning. And so I'm kind of a geek in that way. Um, and um, so I don't know what led me to computer science. Actually, I do know what led me to computer science. So I was intrigued by um, gaming at the mm. time kids were small well not by gaming as much as by how understanding how people how young children were fascinated with gaming mm -hmm. and if you could um in, you know integrate some learning i guess i was one of those moms like you're watching games you should be learning <laughs> games about math right so yes only that that's what took me down this path of computer science um and in looking for graduate programs i was looking for um places where I could do work in educational games. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, back then, and I guess even now, so you'll find that in some computer science departments. And so I was led to computer science because I found a professor uh, who I wanted to work with who was in the computer science department. So I can't say I was driven to computer science as much as I was driven to doing the work. Right. Right. So tell us what your, if you don't mind, and and this is the, this is the educational kind of geeky nerdy person side of me. Um, I call myself the nerdy STEM queen. So this is one of those have a competition. All right. Okay. So this is one of those moments. Um, so what was your dissertation on? What were you studying? Yeah. Okay. So now I'm going to sound really old. Um, <laughs> So the last industry job I had was at Nokia, mm -hmm. uh, Nokia mobile phones, when Nokia was the top handset manufacturer in the world. So this right. was a while ago. Um, and there I, I worked in manufacturing. And so I traveled around the world to different, uh, uh, different factories, uh, production sites, and saw how, you know, the phones we were developing for the Asian market, for the European market, and they were awesome, right? That's Yep. Rewind, right? <laughs> Sometime. They were awesome. Mm -hmm. And so when I started graduate school, um, I feel like this was pre-iPhone. Maybe somewhere my first year, the iPhone came out. Right. Okay. Um, and so I was all about, like, we called them handhelds. So my dissertation work was on uh, Palm Pilots is actually what I used. Oh, nice. Yeah, right? So I have a, I have a box full of them still in my house. <laughs> um, and so I was also intrigued by intelligent tutoring systems. Okay. And like cognitive models, my advisor, Frank Lee at the time, and Dario Sobucci were cognitive psychologists. Um, mm -hmm. and, or maybe I might have said that. Cognitive scientist, I don't know. Mm -hmm. they, they had cog-side backgrounds, let's put it that way. And so I thought I was going to go off and do a lot of cognitive modeling and um, discovered that I was not as intrigued with cognitive modeling as I thought I was going to be. Like, it's awesome, but that was not where my heart was in cognitive modeling. Mm -hmm. And so ended up creating uh, mobile intelligent tutoring systems. You know, again, at the time, this was... Wow. Um, barely, you know, the iPhone version one. So apps were new, this whole idea of having all this com computation, you know, in your, in a handheld yes. device, right mm -hmm. in your hand, um, was new, how you interact with that 
how you interact with that for learning um, is what my dissertation was about, thinking, looking at um, math education mm. and thinking through what parts of problem solving the human, the learner would do and which parts of it you could uh, program, right, and embed into the app so that the system would take care because it was a lot of, you know, doing everything manually was a lot of manipulation. Right. Again, rewind, you know, 15 years ago, people weren't doing. Uh, so it was, it was, you know, kind of that, that early, those early thinking about what you can do on a device um, to lighten the cognitive load of the learner. I think that's very interesting. I mean, it, it had to start somewhere. Um, and now when you think about, you know, how easy it is for us to pick up our phone to not, you know, to not call someone, um, but to actually, you know, handle business, um, yeah. to, you know, budget, to check our bank account, to do, you know, play games if we wanted to, whether those games are educational or not. So um, I think that I, I I'm intrigued. <laughs> and again, it's, it's interesting to think about because like I said, I, I did these on Palm Pilot. So this whole notion of, you know, touch interaction and gesturing, right. that was very, very early um, and very new. And there was a lot to be discovered. Uh, so that was the work that I did a long time ago. <laughs> okay. So now um, let's move, let, uh, let's move ourselves. Well, I think I want to go back just for a little bit because I um, I went to college with uh, a couple of people from New York and and they had um, they had a similar uh, trajectory um, such as yourself where they went from you know they were in these middle schools and they were doing these great things in science and in and math and then they went to high school and they had to test into schools and and I got to tell you that that is foreign to uh, me because I, while I grew up in Georgia, um, I grew up in Georgia. So you went to the local high school up the street, whether you was smart or not. <laughs> so yeah. that's where yeah. you was going. So the idea that you had to test into a high school that could be like clear across the city, take you, you know, an hour, hour and a half to get there from your house um, is that is a concept that that I I I mean I get it, but there's a part of me that, that's just like, well, why was that so? Why couldn't you you know apply to go to that school, and then you just go like so? I didn't understand. I I have never really understand that whole idea that you had to test into a school. Yeah. So New York, I, I mean, it's been a while since I've lived there, but they do have this specialized high schools. I did try out for LaGuardia. So that's like called the fame school. Mm -hmm. um, discovered during that audition that I'm tone deaf. So <laughs> wasn't jumping off a boat into water. I was also not playing anything, you know, <laughs> by someone playing. No, a no, no. no. So nobody was saying that right here is where you start paying. In yeah. sweat. No, no they wasn't. were like, girl, don't even write <laughs> the door, right? Circle right on back at so That's where I learned I was tone deaf. And mm -hmm. uh, that was the end of that music career. Um, but I think, yeah, maybe that was just a New York thing. And, and that was everyone's experience, right? I mean, I think um, there are kind of thinking about context of today and, and back then, um, you know, 
the, the um, demographics of the various uh, specialized high schools isn't, they're not terribly diverse. It wasn't terribly diverse when I was there. Wow. It's worse now. So there are definitely some um, downsides, you know, and, 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 and inequities in, um, in that system. And were, uh, they, were they there, they were there when you were going there, where you were, you know, going through the Case. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, they were definitely there when we were there. Um, when I was there, again, it wasn't, you know, I don't remember the numbers, but there weren't a lot of black kids. Um, and, you know, the ones who were there came from all over the city. And um, we were definitely in the minority. Um, but, you know, as a kid back then, I don't know how, not that I was unaware but I, my perspective was different, right? Because I was also just hanging out. <laughs> right, right. Well, I mean, I mean, we're, we were kids. Yeah. I mean, even, even I went to, um, I went to the neighborhood school, but the neighborhood school was white. <laughs> so we were the minority there also. And then I was also, I was also in gifted, um, which means that I was in classes. So I was at the white school with, in classes with majority white people. Um, for the majority of my high school career. Um, and, you know, I, like you were saying, I know that I was aware of it, um, but I don't know that I was, like, I gave it a lot of thought. Like, I just yeah. knew I was smart and this, you know, these people are smart, so this is where I'm supposed to be, as opposed to, oh, I'm one of three Black people who are in this room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was a lot, I mean, so I'm talking about, like, now, 80s in New York City. Um, there was you, so the ki the kids that I grew up with um, in our in our gifted program. I mean, it was very multicultural, very diverse. There were uh, people, you know, children from whose Caribbean background, um, you know, Asian students, Jewish students, Black students. I mean, we were just a little hodgepodge of everyone. And at the time, you know, we were just kids. So we went to, you know, we, we celebrated the cultural traditions and the, you know, when everyone brought something to school, we just ate whatever because it was food. Um, <laughs> and, and so I think, I think that was part of, part of the, you know, the way we just grew up in New York City at that time. Um, but I do remember, you know, the, the, um, now the exonerated five, right? When things happen and that, 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 um, that time, um, you know, Bensonhurst. I mean, there there were some really dark times also yes. mm -hmm. that did you know let you know you were black, right? Yeah, <laughs> I remember. I remember those two <laughs> things. You were just those two events. Um, yeah, that you yeah. were talking about. Yeah, those were. Yeah, they. they I remember them. I'll yeah. just say that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I mean, it. it, it gives you memories of today, right? Of of present day, um, minus the recordings and cell phone and social media, right? All of that. But that same feeling where you become very, very aware of who you are, um, I think is part of part of that consciousness. Yeah. Right? Is, is part of my consciousness. I would agree. I would agree with that. Okay. So now let's bring it forward. So you get the you get the PhD, master's degree PhD in computer science, and then you you know you're working in that space for a while, and then you move to nonprofit. Um, what made you What made you take that turn? I um, 
I loved being a professor. Mm. I loved my students doing research in my lab. There were things about being a professor that I wasn't too crazy about, but I really, really did enjoy that. I was at a point where I was trying to figure out what the path, what the future looked like. I was, there was a lot that I wanted to do that I felt I had to contribute, like at scale, right? Beyond Got what it. I could do in my lab with the students that I taught each semester, that kind of thing, right? So I was thinking about scale of impact mm. um, and was just wanting to see what else was out there. And so I actually took a leave of absence my last uh, two years of being a faculty member to do a science and technology policy fellowship. And that's what introduced me to working in the government where I was like, this is different. <laughs> but it's also different, but I know some things and I can, mm -hmm. you know, there's more that I could do with what I, the skills that I have and my expertise beyond teach. Right. And great papers and, you know, uh, <laughs> interact with students. And so that was the beginning of, of the pivot. Um, and then I, I'd say, you know, culminating in the opportunity to work in the Obama White House um, in the Office of Science and Technology Policy and really do work at scale um, and to see what that's like. Um, and then I had to decide if I wanted to go back to academia or, you know, what was going to happen next. Right. I decided to move into the nonprofit space and still most of it has been for me scale, a scale of impact. Um, I understand that. Yeah. I think, I mean, at a certain point, well, I guess I can only, I can only speak for myself, but I, I understand that like at a certain point it became more than me helping the students at the, at the college that I worked for or you know, or in even even beyond that, it, it goes beyond, okay, so helping helping the girls in my sorority um, or in or, or within my commute, like this small community. So then it becomes a matter of, no, I want to make an impact in, in this space that I'm, I'm occupying. Um, and so for me, that, you know, helped me launch my, my own business and do in doing this podcast, which is you know, everywhere. So, or at least hopefully soon to be everywhere. We are going to put it, but you know, but it's like, you have to, well, you don't have to, but that's been, that's been my role because I recognize that there's power in our story. And I also recognize that um, we don't often have a, a safe place in which to tell those stories. And so I've made it, that's my goal and my mission is to make sure that we have a safe place to, to get these stories out um, so that we can help support and champion young girls who are coming up, who want to be in STEM, who, you know, have a driving necessity or need to, you know, to burn things up <laughs> or light things up or build a new thing, you know, or whatever it is they're going to do, or, you know, they want to build a new app or, or a computer program. It's just, you know, I don't want them to walk into situations that I'm sure you could probably tell us about, you know, like still, there's still, we're still having first and onlys um, in the year 2020. Yeah. And so, yeah. and not only that, but you know, so young girls, we, we're, we haven't um, fully 
done our job when we still have girls and young women who are walking into spaces where their face is the only brown face and they are treated poorly and we haven't prepared them while we're working both sides because it's not just a matter of oh give them all the skills so they can learn how to deal with this hostile environment we got to change the environment too exactly um so exactly. it's i think it's that's the impact that i'm hoping to make yeah and so so i think like the engineering part of me thinks about systems mm -hmm. and systems change and so while working on you know any part of the system i could go deep i also recognize to your point that that is that I'm also interested in changing these, changing the system. Yeah. So it's kind of I. I feel like now I'm at a, at a point in my career and in my life where I'm doing, trying my best <laughs> to do both at the same time. So having, um, you know, work and programs that that impact and support individuals while also trying my hardest to drive change at the systems level yeah so that um you know the people who are who are here i mean we talk about those who of us who are who are coming behind but sisters who are here now we we need some support now girl True. I mean, stuff like tomorrow right <laughs> <laughs> you know that's 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 real and it's true and you're right um there's some people who persevered on who are still um they're still struggling the, yeah. i mean because the environment i mean honest 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 and transparent like the environment hasn't changed in like what 50 60 years it hasn't changed yeah. i mean the faces have changed but it's still you know it's still <laughs> white men right it's still a white men's world and within yeah. STEM. and i mean and that's like almost in every aspect of it um that's that's who it is um so yeah so we're fighting um that mentality um, an atmosphere and an environment that was not made for us doesn't support us, doesn't even see us half the time, um, and is really not equipped to support us in any way. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, but the thing that I try to give a positive note is that, but we're still here, right? Being a computer scientist and engineer is part of who I am. It's part of my identity whether people see it, respect it, agree with it or not, right? Like I see the world in numbers. I see patterns, right? It's just how I view everything. If I'm unloading the dishwasher earlier today, I'm like doing a little sorting algorithm, figuring out is it faster to get all the knives, faster to get all the, yeah, it's just, it's <laughs> super geeky. That no, is a part of who because I find myself doing, so my husband um, really thinks I'm, I mean, and he's so, it's so funny because he's a civil engineer. Uh, but um, like I play when we're riding in the car and you know, you're, you're looking at the back of, um, so, or you're looking at the, somebody's license plate. That's a math game for me. Like every time. Every time. Every time. I, I mean, every time. And so people, you know, he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, excuse me. Yes, that is me. We are kindred spirits. That is absolutely, it's, it's everywhere. I see that in, yep. in all the places. Right? And all the, okay, very good, very good. So me and you <laughs> never fought. <laughs> <Yes>. Absolutely, <laughs> in all the places. And I think that that, 
you know, it's taken me um, some time to, I don't want to say accept that part of myself, but to realize that I belong here. Yes. There's nowhere else I, I could be. There's absolutely nowhere else I could be. And um, it's, you know, I feel a sense of um, responsibility in making sure that um, I, I am able to be the best in spite of these places, in spite of these systems, and that I can do my darndest to, to change them, right? Because I know I'm confident that there are more, more Black women who, um, who could be here also, yeah. right? Um, if, if, if not, but for, right. pick, a, pick a something, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Have, yeah. Yeah. I think about that. And, and in part because, you know, so there's data out there, uh, black girls, you know, at least in, in computer science, their interest um, in starting, you know, as freshmen is more than that of like white and Asian girls. They don't get the degrees, but it's not because they're not interested. So we have some, some fallacies, um, some myths about what we're interested in, what we want to do. I mean, I get asked some real hard questions from young ladies who are like, biochemistry, what classes do I need to prep? You know, I'm like, girl, right. biochemistry, you think about biochemistry at 16? Like, we are on it, right? So young sisters are on it. Right. And, you know, it's, it's hurtful for me, like, personally hurtful to, to, to know and to think about what happens and what has happened to us through the years because yeah. we have that excitement. We have that passion. We have the, the capacity. Um, and it's just like, I feel like, you know, some warrior, STEM warrior princess, I don't know, Storm, X-Men, hey. uh, <laughs> right? Just like doing what I can with my superpowers so that the path is clear and they can be whoever they are, right? They can geek out in whichever way they want. I love that. And I think, you know, I think that's actually, that's probably the story of, of, of many of us is that we, you know, we really want, I always say I want to reproduce myself. Um, and people are like, really? Isn't that rather, you know, and I'm like, well, li listen, I am a black woman engineer and recognizing that in this world where we're you know we where we are right now there's not a lot of us but that doesn't mean that there aren't girls who have the aptitude and the interest for it but for whatever reason they don't make it to or through and my job having sat in the seats been in the rooms done the work you know was was a part of the projects is to make sure that they do get to the room and get through, you know? So that's what I mean. So it's not a matter of, oh, you know, she's just arrogant because she thinks, she no, 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 no. I, I mean, I'm fully aware of who I am um, and I'm fully aware of what I'm capable of. And, uh, you know, and a big measure of that to me is me using my experiences in whatever way that, you know, that I can use them to help somebody else. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's the end game here. <laughs> that's the end game, right? That's the end game. Like the Avengers, that's the end game. That is the end game. Okay, so I have two more. Um, I think I have two more questions. 
One is, um, the, the next one is, so where can people find you? So if they're looking for, for Quincy, where can they find you? And uh, yeah, where can they find you? All right, I'm going to talk about my, my kryptonite now. Um, okay. So the, the best place to find me is, is um, I don't know the best place to find me. I would say <laughs> Twitter. So my handle is uh, Quincy K. Brown. Yeah, that's my handle is Quincy K. Brown. I am not social media proficient. So it's, it's by the grace of God that I responded to your message. I still call them Twitter texts. So I am not <laughs> right. savvy on Twitter, but that is where I am on Twitter. That is also my Instagram handle, though I do not really know how to use Instagram. So I don't know how to check messages. I don't know how to post anything that you've seen posted. The two or three things my daughter did for me because she was... <laughs> that I had an Instagram thing and didn't have anything on there. And I was like, I don't know. So Twitter is probably the best way. LinkedIn is also, I am on LinkedIn. Um, but yeah, it's social media is not, like I said, I started with Palm Pilots. And so it's taken gotcha. me <laughs> so, Okay, got it, got it. That's context, gotcha. Yes. <laughs> okay. I only joined Instagram uh, during the shutdown, right? It's only been like a couple months. Okay, so you're, you're an Instagram newbie. That, it's okay. Yeah. It's, I yeah. was too for a long time. And then um, I had like my, my, um, my brother, my youngest brother is 10 years. He's 10 years younger than me. He was like, look, girl. We're gonna we're gonna sit. You're gonna sit right here, and we're gonna do this thing. And so then I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I just got into it to. Um, I, I watch the verses sometimes. Yes, takes me like ten minutes to find them because <laughs> that's just how I roll. Well, I had to. Yeah, I had to follow them so because otherwise I wouldn't have been able to find them either. Like, yeah. I just Google. I mean, not Google. I search up search, whatever, yeah. mm -hmm. whatever it is. And yep. The early days, it was on one of their things, right? Right. But now it's not. I had a trouble finding Brandy and Monica. Someone had to send me a link. So yeah. I, yeah. Well, I because I follow verses now because because I didn't. I mm -mm, it was not look like DJ Nice. I couldn't find him either. I just it was mm -mm, or DJ. DJ yeah, that's his name, nice. DJ Nice. Yeah. So that I'm on Instagram, but don't don't try to find. Don't gotcha. Find so don't try to find her there. But LinkedIn and Twitter for sure. Yeah. Um, please look for look her up. Okay, so last question. If you could, and again, this is the question we asked everybody. So if you could go back in time um, and talk to your younger self, what advice would you give her and why? So I have two pieces of advice. Uh, one is for the, well, yeah, they're both younger self, but also current day. Um, the first piece is to take risks. Mm. I am very risk adverse, like very. I am. I thrive on stability. Um, my parents, for all of their life, well, not their lives, my life, they worked the same job. My dad left for work the same time every day and came home the same time every day. Like it, it's very stable, very consistent. And so there were um, opportunities that I've had that just, you know, in hindsight, uh, I wish I would have thought more about because, but they seemed like big risks at the time, right? Mm -hmm. Moving across the country, do you know, just those kinds of things. Um, so I'm, I wish I would have been riskier, um, taking more chances with things um, when I was younger. Uh, and, and again, I could still do that now. Um, and the other piece I would say is to um, 
be who you are, right? To know that you are enough and what you bring to the table is what is needed. Mm-hmm. And so there are times where I've, you know, questioned my opinion or my thoughts or my insights and whether or not I should share them and you second guess and then you look up and the meeting is over, right? <laughs> right. Um, but to know that whatever your contribution is, whatever it is, you have to say, who you are is enough and that contribution is meaningful. Oh, love that. Love, love that. And it's so true. It's just, you know, every now and then I'm glad that you um, said that was for then and now. Um, Cause I think every now and then um, I'll just speak for myself and say, I need to um, remind myself of those things, yeah. take risk and be who you are. And like, it's, it's okay. I mean, you know, you're, you're here, you're doing what you're doing for a reason. So thank you. <laughs> thank you for the reminder today. Thank you for this conversation. Um, I really am glad that you happened upon my Twitter text <laughs> and you responded. <laughs> I appreciate you putting up with me in the delays and response. It's a lot. Yeah. So I'm glad. I appreciate the invitation. I'm glad we were able to make this work. Oh, well, anytime you, you know, you need me to do anything, I am here. Um, Cause this is, this is what I do and who I am and what I'm about. So, all right. All right, everyone. So this has been a great episode of Stimming and Stilettos. And as always, um, until I see you guys again or hear from you guys again, y'all be safe. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Stimming and Stilettos. I sincerely hope that you learned something new from our guest today. Remember that you can listen to Stimming and Stilettos anywhere podcasts are found. You can follow us on Facebook at Stimming and Stilettos. You can find Dr. Tasha on Facebook and Twitter at Dr. Tasha 11, Instagram at Dr. Tasha. So until next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Stimming and Stilettos. Please check out the show notes to get additional information about today's guest or today's topic. You can find the podcast on every major podcast platform. You can find additional information about Dr. Tasha at www.drtasha.com. Thanks again, and don't forget to tune in every Tuesday for the latest episode of Stimming in Stilettos.